Hi, What The Health Tech listeners, I'm your host, Rian Bulmer. This is the podcast where we tackle some of the trending topics, ideas and best practice in health and social care. This week, I'm joined by Simon Gagan, who is Head of Clinical Data Reporting Governance Systems at Circle Healthcare. Welcome, Simon. Thanks for having me. I've got the whole job title in there. You did get the whole job title in there, yeah. (laughs) As part of the UK's largest independent hospital group, we know Circle prides itself on being both the UK's most patient-focused healthcare organisation and also the most innovative and technologically advanced hospital provider. There are a couple of big awards you've got. And in 2022, you were named Private Hospital Group of the Year and one of the top 25 biggest, best companies to work for. So we can't wait to talk to you today. I'm really excited to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, there's a lot of awards there. That was a... <laughs> A good yeah, we've, um, we've we've yeah we've we've focused a lot on that since we since we became Circle Health Group. Yeah, um, from the acquisition of BMI Healthcare, it's very much been focused on how can we yeah how can we become a you know a provider of choice, but also an employer of choice as well. So yeah, yeah, a few things that we're really proud of. I think they're the two really important things because you know if your staff are happy, that's great. Yeah. But yeah, being the provider of choice as well. Yeah. Um, so just. Can you explain a bit um, to our listeners about the scale of Circle Health Group and um, your role within that and what you do and how you started out there? Yeah, so um, so I, I've been with Circle for 13 years, started when it was BMI Healthcare, um, seems a long time ago now, uh, and then obviously in the, in the sort of the post-acquisition era since Circle acquired BMI Healthcare and we became Circle Health Group. Uh, my role, as you say, is um, head of clinical data reporting and governance systems, which is a bit of a mouthful. Um, <laughs> um, but my role primarily is um, to look after the governance systems that we've got from audits to incident management, risk management, and all of these elements, and then the reporting that we can get out of that as an organisation. Um, working within the clinical services team, but very much having a, a role that supports health and safety and operations and finance because whilst we have a big big focus on patient safety which is you know the right thing to do governance does touch all of those different areas as well um so yeah it's really just supporting all of those uh, all those functional areas but also all the hospitals as well because yeah there's a, there's a lot of staff and there's um there's a lot that goes on in our hospitals and um yeah a lot of governance to uh, have within the healthcare industry so yeah. I can imagine how many hospitals have you got? Um, so we've got hospitals ranging from Aberdeen down to Dorset. Um, I always get this wrong. I think it's 51 or 52. I can never quite remember <laughs> the, exact, the exact number. Um, but yeah, we're, we're in um, yeah Dorset to, Ab- um, Dorset to Aberdeen, as I say. And we, so we, we've got hospitals in Scotland, England, Wales. Um, we've got around 8,500 staff. I think we've got the biggest... Um, uh, biggest group of consultants that work with us within the independent sector as well. Um, so yeah, we're, we're quite a big, uh, we're back, quite a big company. That's massive. I bet you get some uh, miles and uh, travel yeah. points. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe not so much the travel points, but um, yeah, def- yeah, definitely the, the travel is um, yeah. But it's all it's all good. It's really exciting to see, you know, the different hospitals that we have and everything that they're going through. It's quite an exciting time for Circle at the moment with what we're. You know, with our strategy and so on, so it's it's nice to be able to get to those hospitals and see that you know sort of coming to fruition as well. So yeah, and being frontline and seeing the reality of yeah. what yeah. teams challenges the yeah. face, particularly when you you know when you're bringing in a governance system like Radar. Yeah, it's 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 then you know you you can learn from what you can make better, but you can also then start to see the fruits of that labour sort of you know coming to 
to the fore as well and how it's helping staff as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's good to get out and about. We were just chatting a bit before, and one of the things that's quite important is um, you've been a radar customer for how long now? Uh, we started the project about a year ago now right, wow. so it's, yeah it's already it's, it's, it's a year we've been we've had the system live um since february um when we started we introduced our audits module at that point so it's we we wanted to take a modular approach to how we were introducing the system um so yeah it's been a been a year since we've been a, a customer and we're, we're in the next week or so we'll hopefully be going live with our events module which will basically cap off the project and we'll be able to move to business as usual as then. It's exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's very uh, it's very busy, but it's uh, exciting as well. Yeah. Um, so what before Radar, what, what was the setup? What did you have then for all these different modules and um, systems? So we, before Radar, we were, we were managing a lot of our governance in multiple different systems. Um, from an audits perspective, we were still using Microsoft Excel spreadsheets, which is not ideal when you're across 50-something hospitals. Um, Not if you have my Excel skills. <laughs> invariably, um, you know that that leads to um, people being able to break the Excel spreadsheet. As as good as you can make that Excel spreadsheet, it's very easy to break one or corrupt it, or you know those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, we were working off Excel spreadsheets. We had a separate system where we would capture our actions from an operational perspective. We would have our incident management system, which incorporated risk as well. Um, which again was another standalone system that didn't talk to anything. So we were really working off a bunch of different individual systems, and that you know that makes it really hard from one a training aspect because our staff who are already busy have got to then learn one, two, three, four, five different systems, um, and then the, from a data perspective and being able to pull that data and sort of triangulate it all makes it really difficult as well because you're yeah you're dealing with lots of different systems that have got different nuances and. All of these things, and it's um, yeah, it can be quite a challenge to to get something meaningful out of multiple different systems. I was going to say, how long would it take to do one report from uh, yeah. cutting and pasting? Yeah, it's uh, it's it, yeah, it can be quite. It was quite onerous at the time. Yeah, um, yeah. And I suppose being able to get that actually, I know it's a really cliched phrase, but how do you know you're comparing apples with apples? How do you know yeah. your data sets are the same? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So by moving into one system, that's you know that's what we're wanting to achieve, and you yeah. know that's where we can start to understand our risk in the context of our incidents, and vice versa. You know, if we if we have a risk and we identify that we've had that risk materialising more often, then we've got it all in one system where we can maybe re-establish our risk score as a result of it because we've got the data there that's telling us straight away. Yeah. And then we've got that ability to manage all our actions in one place, whether they've been derived from incidents or risks or audits, um, but also then having the ability to know that we've got an action that's already ongoing and we don't have to recreate the wheel every time and create brand new actions every time something happens. Yeah. Um, so I think we're starting to see that come to fruition a little bit now that we've got the system in and a lot of the training we've been doing over the last you know, few months with the events module, I think that's really started to, um, I think it started to become evident of just how the system is, you know, works in that sort of way of springing all the different modules together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the ultimate aim of the system to get that total view so you can see exactly what's going on at any point. Yeah. But um, I think the approach you've taken is that sensible approach, module by module, and yeah, I mean, I think building blocks. Yeah, it's. I think it helps primarily with front row, front line staff because 
by the time you release the next module, they've already got a familiarity with radar and how it works, how they access it. So then when when you introduce the next module, it's less daunting for them. Yeah. Um, and you'll always have cohorts of staff that, you know, didn't necessarily use the first module because it's not within their role. But hopefully then that learning can just be shared within departments or within hospitals as, you know, as to how to use the system and quite quickly. Yeah, and cross-functionally. Imagine. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that... Um, it's interesting, I think, about Circle is your corporate structures and having that kind of corporate entity and then individual democratised kind of um, control within the individual hospitals. How, is that, have I described that accurately? Would um, you say? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think a lot of our, a lot of what we've tried to do, especially since becoming Circle Health Group, is just to try and understand what our philosophy is and the values that we want our, and the culture that we want to you know, bring in. Um, you know, we we like to, you know, devolve that power to and um, give it to our you know frontline staff. So we we have our philosophy, we have our behaviours and values of you know, and and that building that culture. And then we also have you know our circle operating system or COS as we call it, which is you know the way that we operate, and that's you know that is there, you know, from a patient's perspective more than anything to to really give people that empowerment and for people to be a champion, you know, I'm not comfortable with this. Can we just take a pause and, you know, can we just discuss this before we carry on any further? So it's, it's really about, yeah, just trying to give that empowerment to staff and not just from a patient safety perspective, but around anything, but, um, you know, we, we introduced it primarily from a patient safety perspective and giving people that opportunity to feel empowered and to feel like they have a voice regardless of what it is. Um, yeah, I think that's really important for us as, a, as an organisation. Um, and then, you know, our hospitals, they are their own hospitals as well. We obviously have an overall strategy for, for what we want to do as an organisation, but then the hospitals can have their own strategy that fits within that as well. So they can still, you know, they can still work as their own entity within that structure as well. Sounds like the best of both worlds, you kind of the benefits and the economies of scale of being corporate and having that high level overview, but then the ability to be localised and do what's right for the individual areas. Yeah, and we have a, we have a, a sort of a unified, if you like, um, governance and assurance framework. So that, that's how we, you know, we govern from a clinical perspective, from an operational perspective. And that's, that's a, you know, a really true ward to board approach in terms of how we escalate issues and learn from the good and the bad yeah. um, and you know we don't want just because hospital a might be doing something brilliantly you know we want to we want hospital b c and d to learn from that but also the opposite end of that you know if something's gone wrong we want to be able to share that with all the hospitals as well so you know we can all learn from each other and you know the, again there's that voice where a hospital can feel comfortable escalating an issue that they might need support with yeah um to a national committee or you know straight to our operating board and they can know hopefully get support that way as well that's really good and a really brave approach to kind of say actually we're going to look at what's gone wrong to learn from it yeah yeah i think it's important to learn from you know what's gone wrong um, and obviously we've got policies in place around our incident management and complaints management um and yeah i think it's, it's a really important way to learn from that and i think you know i think there's a lot of connotations when it comes to you know governance systems that they are what I, I tend to deem as the bad news system because it's where, it's where your incidents go, it's where your risks live, it's where patients have complained about something. Yeah. 
Um, what I'm what I'm keen on doing is, as, you know, as we develop radar further, is to look at the up, the other side of that coin. It's okay. Well, what is going right? What is you know what can we learn from? If we've got an incident rate of one percent, what's going right? The ninety nine percent that we can share with people and. If we have a regulator that wants to report around complaints, we can hopefully supplement that and say, well, we have 20 complaints about clinical care, but actually we had 50 compliments as well. Yeah. And I think it changes the narrative then. And I think that then helps our staff and empowers them to say, you know, it's not all about all the bad stuff. It's also about, you know, the good stuff that happens more often than not as well. We've got a um, large international healthcare economy that does just that. They're the two things are focused on um, variance and excellence, and those two things yeah. coupled to kind of go well. You know, this, these are the two ends of the scale and the spectrum. Yeah. yeah, so it's about learning from the bad, which absolutely we need to do. We're, and we, like I say we've got we've got our policies and processes in place to do that, where we do have those you know those incidents. I think part of it as well is also understanding and accepting that we are healthcare organisation and we work in an inherently risky area. Yeah. Um, not to say that any incident's not important, but it's about accepting that and then being able to understand if we've got trends that are going in the wrong direction and can we learn from those and hopefully be sort of proactive with our approach to that rather than waiting for something bad to happen and then deal with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, radar bringing everything into one place for us allows us to then hopefully take that next step and trying to bring all of that to fruition in the I future. I think that's super important um, and quite a few colleagues would talk about that, the importance of looking at near misses rather than mm. just the bad things that have happened because that's where your real learning is in yeah. what could have happened and what could have yeah. been much worse. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, if you were to, to look at a never event as an example, um, obviously a never event should never happen, hence its name. Um and in, in a lot of ways, we can have we could have a never event that doesn't relate to any patient harm, but the principle is that the process has failed, and yeah. therefore it shouldn't have failed. So you've got away with one to a certain yeah. degree, um, for lack of a better term, at least yeah. anyway. And, but again, it's about learning from that, regardless of whether there was any harm or not, because yeah. the consequence could have been so much worse than it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's about learning from those. So from a cultural point of view, because that's quite a progressive culture in terms of that approach, what have been the barriers in terms of embedding that culture, especially when you're doing it from a corporate standpoint to, into lots of individual organisations? Yeah, in I mean, I, I, th I think it's it, it's just changing that narrative and that, you know, what was, you know, what was the previous culture? Um, and it's always a... It's always a moving thing. It's always a living, breathing thing. Culture, and it's it's the difficulty is trying to get that living and breathing across fifty different hospitals and all the different corporate functions, and make sure everyone's pulling in the right way. When you know you've you've got those local stresses and those local scenarios that maybe another hospital's not going, you know, not yeah. having and not experiencing that are then impacting upon that culture. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's. It's just to keep being consistent with the message that we give out around our, you know, philosophy and how, how we want our people to be able to feel empowered. It's just trying to keep banging that drum about it and just keep singing, you know, that that same consistent message really that, you know, this this is us as circle. This is how we want you to you know, this is how we want you to feel when you work for us and we want you to be able to express issues and, and concerns but also raise that good stuff so I think it's yeah it's just about being consistent across the entire company 
Yeah, and I suppose from frontline users' point of view, specifically it's seen as believing, you know, it's all great to have the strategy, but actually yeah. as they feel that come to life. Yeah, I think from a you know from a systems perspective and from a technology perspective, it's about um, giving them the tools where they you know they don't have to spend half an hour in front of a computer just to log an incident. Yeah, you know, I from time to time I'll I'll, I'll talk about nurses wanting to nurse. They don't want to be sat in front of a computer for half an hour trying to figure their way around the system and to do an audit or, or whatever it might be. So it's about giving them the technology, not just from a governance perspective, but just across the board so that they can feel like they can actually get out there on the front line. So every minute that they're spent in front of a computer is a minute that they're not spending with a patient. Yeah. And ultimately our nurses, you know, that's that's why they got into that profession. They want to be there. They want to be engaged with their patients ultimately our patients probably want us to be engaged with them as well because it has a knock-on effect not just from a patient safety perspective and you know p-serve and all of those sorts of things that are coming in but also the patient experience element to know that you know they've come to a an independent private hospital and they're getting that independent private you know feel and experience that you know that's what we want to stand aside that's what we want us you know we want to stand you know, out from the crowd, if you like, when it comes to that experience. So, yeah, our tools help us to do that, but our tools only help us to do that if they're set up right and, you know. Yeah. I think that's one of the key things, certainly our product and dev teams are really focused on. How do you make that front-end interaction as seamless as possible, as simple as possible, yeah. and as swift as possible for exactly that reason? So you're not spending hours just collecting data that nothing, you never often can see the output of it. You know, what's what's the point in collecting it as well? And yeah, and I think having having you know gone gone through the project now and having done that, I think there's there's been an element of playing that devil's advocate I think sometimes we can get very excited by the fact that a new new system's coming in. It's oh great, we can we can capture this and we can you capture can this. this and yeah. We can capture this. And sometimes it's about playing devil's advocate and saying, okay, are you going to use that data? Yeah. If you're not going to use that data, then that's five seconds, ten seconds, fifteen seconds that an individual has to spend in front of that computer. Yeah. And when you're then multiplying that by multiple incidents across multiple staff members across fifty something hospitals, it will soon add up. So as I say, that sort of goes back to that nurses wanting to nurse element. And yeah. yeah. So if we're not going to use the data for anything and we don't have any regulatory requirement to capture it, then we should consider where whether we are capturing yeah. it. We can always make a decision in the future about whether we capture it. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, like I say, it's about playing devil's advocate sometimes around that. I think it's super important as well to go from that outcomes first perspective. Like, actually, what is it we want to see, and keep it really neat and simple. And like you say, you can add to it over time rather yeah. than starting big and it just expanding. Yeah, yeah. What you don't want to do is start too big and then it either you know just envelopes because then you start adding more to it, or yeah. you start dwindling it down over time. What you would rather do is go the other way. Yeah. You know, get people on board, get staff engaged because the staff engagement with the system then ultimately drives their engagement with incidents. And then we start to learn more about our incidents because they feel more comfortable putting incidents on the system. And that gives us more meaningful information that we can then discuss at our, you know, committees and, and learn from, the as I say, the good and the bad. Um, but ultimately that doesn't come if people aren't engaged with the system and, you know, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And there'll always be pockets of differences across the group. Um, you know, with different hospitals, just because of, as I say, those you know local scenarios and situations. Um, and again, that's where we can then learn from. And you know, how is hospital A doing better than hospital B? 
not that it's a competition when it comes to patient mm-hmm. safety, but it means that, again, we can just learn from these things. Yeah, I think that, and I think even just the kind of time saving of having it all in one system must be better than lots of different systems. It yeah. is just that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and as as I said before, with us, you know, introducing it as a modular way, you've got that familiarity. Yeah. So people already know what to expect when they're in radar. A lot of the modules look and feel the same, so yeah. they're not overawed by what they're seeing. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's a really important element of it as well. Um, so when you talk about your culture and your operating model, and I'm thinking specifically a lot of our customers across um, public, private care homes are moving towards this corporate kind of structure and this decentralised approach to governance. What would you think are the downfalls, pitfalls that our other colleagues might want to think about when rolling that kind of piece of work out um, versus the real positives? Um Good question. Um, like where to begin? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit difficult as to where to begin, to be honest. Um, I think it really just comes, again, just comes down to that. You, you know, you just got to be consistent with your messaging around how you want your hospitals to, you know, again, just comes back to that empowerment piece and how you want them to, you know, you, you would want to have the same things being discussed at all your hospitals so that, you know, everybody is, you know, talking, you know, we've got set agendas when it comes to certain meetings so that we can be sure that everybody's talking about the right things and we've got that consistent approach across all the hospitals. Um, so I suppose it's about setting up, you know, boundaries, if you like, and then the, letting the hospital work within those boundaries, but having them relatively, having those boundaries relatively wide so that, you know, that hospitals aren't feeling constrained by what they can and can't do and they they do have you know, a lot of flexibility, but within the confines of, you know, what what we what we've set out as a you know, an organization to be good governance. Um so yeah, I think I th- yeah, I think it comes back to again that consistent messaging and that empowerment of our staff, which is you know, just really central to to everything from our culture and strategy and, you know, like I say, the operating model. Um so yeah, it's probably just more about making sure you're engaged and getting that consistent message out as to how it best works. (laughs) Yeah, I like that phrase best as well about kind of having boundaries, but that are not too strict so people can have freedom to do what's right for their individual organisation within it. Yeah, because I mean, our hospitals ultimately, you know, they are, they are still individual hospitals that have got their own independent, you know, their own individual competition that's around them. Yeah. You know, some of those hospitals are going to have lots of competition around them. Some may not. So, you know, those hospitals still need to work in such a way that, you know they can they can make a profit and they can be successful within their own you know local area um so it's about not you know not handcuffing them too much yeah but also understanding that you know governance has to come first and our patient safety has to come first so as long as you're happy working within those parameters then you know you can you can operate however you know, however you like in terms of you know do you want to take new specialties on do you want to you know, do you want to do these sorts of procedures and so on? As as long as you've got the the relevant governance set up around that, then I think, yeah, it really comes down to the business plan that that hospital wants to introduce and making sure that they can they can do that in a safe way within our you know, like I say, within our governance. Yeah, and with it, so it, um, I suppose it's that having that really strong framework that's delivered that 
is almost an enabler to let people use it to make their own business decisions of yeah, yeah. what they put in or how they expand it. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's what I was saying about the you know that that sort of the the boundaries, if you like, that the hospitals can operate in. So yeah. as, as long as they're you know as long as fundamentally all our hospitals are working to that strategy and within the operating system, then yeah, they they do have that sort of autonomy, if you like, to to uh, make those decisions. Um, and do you have, do you get people involved in the kind of design of those sessions? Um, to Do you review that framework? Or? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I would probably say it's like an ever-evolving piece. And again, yeah. it comes back to the empowering staff. So, you know, if, if our staff were to feel that that framework wasn't working, I would I would like to think that the culture and so on that has been put in place by by the operating board downwards is you know offers that opportunity for people to say well I, I don't think that's necessarily working and then we can then understand then whether that's a local thing why it's not working or whether it's just you know not working at scale yeah and then yeah it's a it's a living and breathing thing I think that's the that's the important bit about it and that it can change over time as our you know, as we learn new things or as things happen, we can, you know, we've got the ability to change it. But yeah, I think it's really important to have it in place, whatever that might look like. Um, I think that's one of the cool things that I see with you guys. I like it's that ever evolving. You've used that phrase quite a few times, but it's just, you know, well, this is what we're doing, but we will constantly review. Yeah, and- yeah we, you know, we have to, you know, you have to keep up with the things that are going on in the world. Yeah. So, you know, we know that peace serves around the corner. And needing to, you know, I think it's been described as the biggest change in a decade or a generation in terms of, you know, patient safety. So these are all things that we have to take on board when it comes to evolving the systems. I suppose we're in quite a good position with radar because we've been able to, and whilst it's a lot, a lot for our hospitals to take on, we've been able to introduce PSERV along with a brand new system. Yeah. And radar is effectively the mechanism that delivers PSERV. So in that you know, to that end, it, it really means that hospitals are just having to learn radar. P-Serve is just a consequence of that. They're not having to learn about flow charts and all these sorts of things because it's already pre-built into radar. So it's not it's not like we've brought P-Serve into an old system and then two months later we replace that system and then people have got to get their heads around that. We've been able to bring both of them in at the same time. So, and again, you know, coming back to that empowerment piece, it's about learning from our staff as to, you know, where can we improve radar? What dashboards would be better for you? Um, you know, what is it that you discuss at your more, you know, your morning comcell meetings? You know, what information is useful to you and pertinent to you? And are we collecting it? If we're not collecting it, should we collect it? Um, and yeah, working with our frontline staff because ultimately they're the ones that are using the system day in day out, and you know, so they're the ones that we need to learn from. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so important. Um, and I think I, it's kind of a, I don't know if it's an easy segue or not to start talking about the rollout of radar, but um, we're interested to hear, and I think our colleagues will be, your experience of rolling radar out and how you've gone about that, not just in terms of working with us, but internally, because, you know, it seems everything's well thought out and everything you've done has been planned. So a bit about that plan and, you know, what's worked, what hasn't. Yeah, so we've... we. We started about 12, I think it was about 12 months ago that we started the actual project. Um, and we were very clear at the beginning that we wanted to do this in a modular way. Um, part of that was based around sort of a prioritization of, you know, some of the modules that we currently used and their 
sort of appropriateness or you know um how good they were or, or not good yeah. <laughs> as the as the case might be in the case of the excel spreadsheets that i mentioned so we we had a clear plan as to okay well these are the ones that we're going to introduce first and as i, as I touched on before it starts to then build a familiar fil, uh, familiarity with those systems so we started with audits back in uh, february um, and then we moved to scheduled tasks in March, which is primarily for our safety alerts module. So where we can um, respond to MHRA alerts and those that we get from third parties in terms of field safety notices. So our response to those. Uh, and then more recently, we moved to the uh, risk register module in September. And in a week or so, we will be moving to the events module uh, we should have really waited a couple of weeks to do this podcast, <laughs> shouldn't we, and got the full so the, um Yeah, the events module is obviously the biggie. Um, yeah. And that's why we wanted it to be last. Um, one, because obviously we knew P-Server was coming and we had to make sure we were aligned with our P-Server approach. Um, we have the other element that, that is LFPSC, uh, making sure we're aligned to that. Um, but also it's, it's taking the time to understand you know what categories we should have, what those workflows should look like, and that in a in a module that's as nuanced as it is, yeah. In a, in incidents and not just looking at it from a patient safety perspective, but an operational perspective, um, health and safety, and so on. It's about making sure that we had buy-in and discussions with all of these different functions, and that takes that takes quite a long time yeah. to do it. Um, but also, we were sort of reassured that by the time we get to that point, there will already be a, a you know a sort of significant level of familiarity that it's not going to be an onerous or a daunting task for people. So yeah, it will be just over a year for the project when we um, when we release events, and then I'm hoping in the new year that's when we can sort of really kick on with. You know what? What should our dashboards look like, and how should we be, you know, presenting those? We have a we have a governance and assurance framework which sets out all of our different committees, um, and you know, I would really like to have those dashboards built around what those committees are and what they should be looking at, whether that's at a hospital level and also, a, you know, a national level. Um, and we've we've started that design phase, but it's, I suppose until you actually start to use events and you start to get some real data and system, it's quite difficult to. I guess plan and and think about what they would look like, so that'll be the next element. After yeah. That. Um, so just going back a step to the talking about the incidents and that kind of mapping it and planning it. That I think you're right. We see across our estate, it's a considerable piece of work, mm-hmm. and the power of the workflow engine that you can build all these different workflows to automate everything. It's kind of, it's brilliant. That's the kind of point of radar. But at the same time, that's quite a lot of effort and work to think about exactly how you want that to work in the system. Uh, it is, yeah. It's and again, it'll be a, it will be a changing thing. I think you know, as we learn more about it, I think what we've had, what we've tried to do is also think about our workflows in the context of all that additional stuff that you know happens on the Word documents and Excel documents that we invariably end up attaching to an incident anyway yeah so if we're if we're asking someone to go off our current system and fill in a word document to then then and then attach we attach it <laughs> to the incident why are we asking people to do that yeah. why don't we just build it as a workflow in radar and keep it all contained 
one, it makes it easier for the staff member, but also two, it means that we've got the data there so we can report on it and we can, you know, learn from it and we can just run a, you know, we can either build a dashboard or we can run a report on that. So yeah, it's it's sort of an efficiency piece, but also yeah, try to bring all of these things together in one place. Um yeah, the workflows was um certainly a big part to do i think um our project manager craig said that he had to go and have a lie down after he'd read our, uh, <laughs> after our workflow spreadsheet because uh, yeah. it was quite a big one um but again it's around how that works best for us from a p-serve perspective and our mm. you know our response to what we think p-serve should look like for us as an organization but also then factoring in all those other elements as i say from health and safety and so on so it was quite a mammoth task I'm sure we won't have it 100% right because until we start using it on a considerable considerable basis, I'm sure there will be changes. But as I say, you know, that's part of the evolution of the system and learning from it and, you know, where we can identify those efficiencies and changes that we can make. I know that, you know, we can just pick up the phone to radar and we can make those changes and we get them scheduled. I think it's... Um super it'd be super interesting to do a piece of work some of the stuff we're looking at um internally is you know we've got all these business case tools and things that show the efficiencies but actually to take one workflow that's the kind of before radar healthcare going off and getting word documents and all that and just monitor how that works in the workflow it'd be really interesting to see that yeah i mean i did put the i did put the flow chart in visio a couple of weeks ago and it's quite a big um it's quite a big flow chart yeah. so um yeah but i think that i I've, I've mentioned this in the train i think the big thing is that you know we just need to trust that radar as a system based upon the workflows we've done will guide the user through yeah. what what they need to do so they don't have to have that flow chart in front of them. Yeah. It's there as an aid memoir if they ever want it. But as long as you know, as long as we've selected the incident, let's say a readmission, we know that the workflows that appear from that will be around a readmission. Yeah. Um and also about trying to understand trying to get that sort of hit rate, if you like, of who that workflow should be assigned to. So that we're, you know, that the accuracy of that is is correct. Um and then also linking that with you know like the dashboard and just trying to trying to just get over get get to people and get to users as to what the dashboard is and how it's important because if people are working from their dashboards and they're doing these things that appear on the dashboards then the incident management is actually happening organically yeah through through that um, that's so such a good way of putting it yeah that that sort of a that what we're trying to you know just impress when we're doing the training is that everything really stems from the dashboard and as long as people are on top of that you don't need to worry then the incident will take care of itself um yeah i think that's probably a bit of a cultural piece isn't it from going thinking just from my own point of view from going to having that you know i need to remember to do this this this, and this to one trusting that the system's going to do it for you and also just working from the outcome piece that is in itself probably a cultural change yeah i think i think it's something that we've not necessarily had from any one system in the past so mm-hmm. i know that now that if i'm on radar or i'm a user of radar i can come to my dashboard and it will automatically say in the next week you've got four audits that you need to complete you've got an incident investigation to do and you've got a complaint to acknowledge yeah and it's just there in front of me yeah whereas previously because we we're working on an excel spreadsheet then i had to go and get that excel spreadsheet open to understand what i had to do from an audit perspective 
I had to go and access a different file to understand. Find where it was stored. Yeah. Remember, I had yeah. to access another file to find out what actions I had for the Clinical Governance Committee the yeah. following week. So, um, yeah, just having that one location of absolutely everything that a user has to do is, is you know, really, I think it's, it's a really invaluable area of the system for our staff. Um, yeah. um, I'll get in super trouble for this, <laughs> but a little spoiler coming soon is the ability to have those workflows actually in the system so you can see them visually as part of the system and amend them in the system rather than you having to go and yeah. build it elsewhere. And yeah, that, yeah, that'd be great. That would add to your kind of <laughs> that, that I, would, I would love that, yeah. 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 yeah, but yeah, I'd be interested to see that yeah. physio one. Um, yeah. In fact, it's one of my, it's not my skill set at all, but as we go around seeing how people, the workflows in that kind of format just shows the volume of, operations that has to go into this kind of thing yeah yeah it's it there's so many as i say there's so many nuances to it and it all stems from the type of incident that you're having yeah so you're going to have certain incidents that require duty of candor to be done and yeah. therefore that's its own workflow we if we have infection we have to report data to the ukhsa that's its own workflow. So, yeah, it's really about just trying to understand everything that goes into incidents, regardless of whether it lived in a previous system or not. Yeah. And then just trying to understand where we can bring it all into radar. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, we, we had an opportunity where we could bring PSERV and LFPSE and all of these ad hoc things together within the yeah. workflow. And that's probably why it took so long to build it. But yeah. I think we will start to see the fruits of that. When, when it all comes out. But as I say, it will be an ever-evolving thing anyway. I think that's it. And I think you've treated it in the way, you know, that I always say this, the system's a system. It's 10, 20%. I don't know of what you're doing. What you've done is an operational redesign and then radar healthcare's a system that supports that. Yeah. And, and that's what we, you know, from a PSERV perspective, we've always talked about radar being the mechanism in which we deliver PSERV. Yeah. A lot of PSERV is around fundamentally a lot of pieces if we do already you know we engage with our patients we, there's not an incident that happens and we don't go and talk to a patient about it yeah radar is now obviously just a mechanism in which we were able to evidence that and you know take on board these things that server you know sort of you know suggesting that we do within their framework so yeah it's um it's been a good opportunity it's been it's been a headache at times yeah. to get it all right uh, and the testing of it is quite um it's quite tough because there are so many different eventualities that you can have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I say, it's all evolution and how we evolve it for, for our staff. Um, I think we need to either get you back on the podcast or maybe we'll do something on LinkedIn or social just to kind of show <laughs> once it's live so our listeners yeah. can see, yes, it's live, yeah. it's working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, we're in the pilot phase at the moment with four sites and um, yeah, the engagement from those sites has been great. Yeah. Um, yeah, we always pick up things in the pilot phase because that's what they're there for. Um, so it's yeah, just about learning from them, trying to understand what we can change before we go live. Um, and yeah, then then you know eventually we have to bite the bullet and just go for it and, yeah. and so on. So yeah, that's where that's where we're at now. I think one of the other things I like um, you were talking about that you know reviewing with the frontline users where they might need advice and guidance as you go through and being able to build that in and kind of say right okay this bit everyone's kind of well, getting stuck is not the right phrase but you know this is a bump and we've seen examples in other organisations where the advice and guidance is so good and it's so articulate you know it's all there the tool book along with the tool so it really is how you bring it to life which you guys are doing yeah and i think you know from a systems perspective it's there's, there's so much that's available within radar as a help 
that actually we've not had to reinvent the wheel. You know, we have the, the need help click here button, yeah. um, which is, well, for, for radar users, they'll know what that button is. Um, <laughs> the magic button. The, ma- <laughs> the magic button. I always refer to it as the Microsoft paperclip from, no, from no, back no, in the day. No, it's, it's, um, well, I, I, I refer to I it as... Dev teams as, are going to go mad with you. I, um, I refer to it as, as something like that, but it, it's, it's, much, yeah. it's much more articulate than yeah. that. Um, and then obviously it's better the, than the, the paperclip we'll the, go with that the, um, the knowledge base as well is, yeah. is really good uh, it's obviously saved me hours of time from having to you know create videos and user guides but then on the back of that it's around you know making our policies available and these flow charts and so on that are specific to us as an organisation but not you know because radar is a system and it works in a certain way but it's about then the the individual elements of how we've set the workflows up because that's where we can then define the product for you know what circle health group need so yeah it's about making that all available to our staff as well i know this is tenuous what i'm about to say but it's almost like you've kind of got that um where you guys have got that centralised wherever possible approach but the localised wherever possible and that's what we try to do with radar is get the as much as we can consistent but still allow you that autonomy to build and do what you need to do so you're not being given this kind of out of the box square yeah. peg round hole yeah. tool and I think we've, we've seen that with with some of the dashboards and the analytics is that there's lots that's available to us and to me that's that just gives me a framework rather than potentially using it I can understand how that is currently set up and then I can then refine that for how we would want it within Circle Health Group. And yeah, it gives me a starting point, if you like, Yeah, in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Yeah, oh good. Yeah. Um, so the last kind of bit about the question about, um, there's just a couple of questions on the implementation around, what did you do to try and win people's hearts and minds with this? Because it is quite a big scale rollout and I know you, you did the modular yeah. and standard, but it's a, even though you know the end point is gonna be really great for people, it's a lot to take when you're doing your day job uh yeah it's um yeah i mean i think they the i think they say the only constant is change nowadays <laughs> and that's, yeah. um you know our, i think our staff are very aware of that um and i think it i think it helps when the change is for the better as well yeah yeah you know, we don't want to change just for the sake of it so i, th- I think it's about it's been about selling that you know we are bringing five different systems into one and you know you're only going to have to learn this one system. You're not going to have to say it like that. It's a lot. Of- <laughs> it's um, yeah. It's it's bringing all those systems into one. It's it's just having that one central place and just selling the benefits of that. Um, and then as I talked about before, it's also then about you know selling them. I don't want to say selling them the dream, but then talking about the you know the art of the possible for the future. So you know where can we start to implement? Um, areas of outstanding care and you know, recording from that like I say it's, for me it's around starting to change that narrative around the bad news system and yeah. make it a more holistic governance system because governance is good and bad it's it's and you know bringing all of these things into one place just allows us now to to take that step forwards with that it gives us the platform that we need to be able to work in in such a way um whilst also recognising that, you know, incidents need to be managed appropriately in the right way. And, you know, we've got our policies and procedures, our governance framework for all of that as well. Um, 
so yeah, it's really just I suppose that's that's the, that's the way that we've been trying to you know sort of sell the benefits of the system, um, and then hopefully that then happens naturally through people using it and you know building that familiarity, like we said before, um, so that they don't feel daunted when you know they they use the system for the first time in a different module. Yeah, they're like, oh, it looks the same. It's um, yeah, it's it's this is what I expected basically. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, just trying to sort of impress upon them that sort of efficiency element as well. Like we talked about, you know, nurses wanting to nurse, not being sat in front of a computer. So wherever we can demonstrate that and they can actually see that happen, then I think that sort of you know wins the hearts and minds as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it'd be so interesting to see when you go live with Instance and see, one, see that workflow in a Vizio, but also um, see that kind of um, view from the front line of... Yeah, that difference. And we we worked really hard over the you know over the last few years really um, of building that reporting culture. So you know, we we only or I certainly only envisage that that's going to improve with the use of of radar. Um, and you know, obviously, it's a new system. We're going to go live. There'll be there'll be those teething problems if you like when we do go live, which you know we haven't anticipated or you know. The, the pilot didn't uncover because there's so many nuances of incidents. But you know, if we fast forward six months, then I'm that's where I'm expecting that you know we can carry on just building upon that reporting culture that we've already got. Yeah. Um, and then you know, being able to use the analytics and the you know the machine learning and all of those things that come with the analytics to then give us that forward view on things as well. Yeah, yeah, and get. I mean, because there's so much more. Um, within the system that can be done but i think your approach has been so sensible in like let's do it as building blocks and yeah. get it right and embedded first yeah and you know we can't really even start to talk about any of the ai and all of those sorts of things really because we don't have a we haven't got the system live yet yeah. to do any of that with and even then we, we probably need six months of data minimum before it will even start to interpret some of these things so yeah we we know where we can go with it um um We've we've got an idea of where we want to go with it. Um, we just need to to get the next week or so um, <laughs> live, and then we can you know we can start to think about twenty twenty four and beyond really in terms of what we want to do. I think that's really important for the frontline teams as well in giving them that immediate measurable view of what's going to impact them day to day. Because certainly you see with a lot of health tech providers. Um, you see this kind of fatigue come from the frontline teams of oh no not another system yeah. and what's this one going to do oh it's AI and it's going to do this and you know and you almost can feel that oh, not, not another system yeah. type approach so going in with actually building the foundations and not just the kind of exciting futuristic stuff yeah yeah like I say it's it's just unless you get that engagement with staff and they feel comfortable using that system then everything else falls flat yeah because if, unless you've got staff engagement using the system, you're not going to know about your patient incidents. And without knowing your patient incidents, you're not going to know your trends. So it all comes from from the front line yeah. anyway. That's yeah, why it has to be really quick and easy for people to use. The management of the management side of the system, that's probably where the most nuanced elements come from. But, you know, we have a a smaller cohort of people that are involved in that. And, you know, we're, we're training them in a slightly different way and making them more, you know, making the training more accessible so that they know all the functionality exists. They know how the action plan works and how the how you can link an incident to a risk and, you know, all of that sort of functionality. Um, I suppose it's also impressing on them that 
whilst the functionality is there, it doesn't necessarily mean it's required to be used for every single incident. Yeah, yeah. As well, um, because sometimes that can feel daunting if you've, you know, you've got lots of functionality, which is great, but then it's just impressing on them. You know, you don't have to spend half an hour to be in here. You don't have to find a link to every single incident. You don't necessarily have to have something on your action plan for this incident, but the functionality is there if you want it and you need it. I think that's um, the important bit, knowing that you've got it as a toolbox, but you don't have to use yeah, it all. Yeah, and exactly, people knowing yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've got two questions just to kind of, well, there's three questions to end with because there's the what the health tech question, which we'll come to. But I've got two practical questions because um, we've sat and chatted all about radar and kind of the nice things and it's all great and um, good to hear that the things that we want radar healthcare to be are coming to life within Circle. Um, but it's almost like, you know, can you tell us what we're doing well and what we should keep doing, but also what we need to improve on and how we can continue to be partners to our um, organisations like yourselves to deliver the best possible service? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think from from my perspective, I think, and we talked about this just before the podcast, is at the procurement stage, there was very much a conversation around being technology partners. And sometimes that can be a bit of a throwaway comment in those you know, procurement phases. Um but I, I can already see how that is working, and you know that that relationship that we're we're being able to build. I think the community is a brilliant thing um, that that Radar have introduced. So it's it's not just about me learning from Radar and Radar learning from Circle. It's about how can Circle learn from other Radar customers and vice versa. Because at the end of the day, it's all about patient safety regardless of whether you're whether you're in an NHS trust or a private independent hospital it's about you know what can we do for the be- you know for the best of our patients and our staff um so i think that they, you know they're really key elements i think the you know the, the the support that we've had from a project perspective but also like customer success and so on has been really good as well so yeah i can certainly see how that partnerships sort of come into fruition which is you know, great and that's you know reassuring for me for the future and yeah so yeah i would say that they're yeah they're, they're the two main elements outside of the system yeah. obviously from a systems perspective we've, we've touched on a bits of it already but in terms of you know the familiarity with the system and the the resource that's available um i think it just takes away that as i say that that daunting prospect of using a system uh, particularly on you know a system like radar where it's you, you might have a scrub nurse in theatres that uses the system once every six months. Yeah. And therefore, you know, rather than them having to remember, oh God, how do I use radar? You've got that knowledge base and you've got that, um, you know, walkthrough wizard yeah. that will take you through step by step. So I think they're, you know, they're, they are the really good things. I yeah. think that are you know, really supporting us and we'll, we look forward to carrying on in the future. Absolutely. Go on, what about those? What can we do um, better? I was trying. I think I was. I made. Sort of, it's I, like really putting me on the spot. Yeah, Broadcast I, to everyone, but yeah, I think um, for me, it's. I suppose it's from. from I'm, I'm probably being a bit probably biased here as a system admin perspective user of of the system. I suppose it's just making some of those other elements available for me to make, and we've already touched on it with you know workflows and being able to change those things. I think there are there's certain elements that we could 
that radar could potentially make available to those systems admins so that they can you know they can manage it internally i think it takes a little bit of pressure off you guys from having to support your customers um and as long as you are your system admins are comfortable with with making those changes i think that would be a really good thing to do um, yeah um, but yeah i think yeah, I think that's that's probably about it, to be honest. <laughs> um, no, it's an interesting point because historically it was always kind of that um, we'll work in partnership to do it. But I suppose part of the partnership is actually working out whether you want that autonomy yourself or not. And, and again, giving the framework within yeah, it. So. I, I, I think there is there is risk associated with that as well yeah. because, you, you know, you, you, your systems admins, you know, I'm still learning the system just like our staff yeah. are. Um so it's about making sure that there, you know, there is a certain competency around that because otherwise radar has then have to go in and unpick everything that's been done. Yeah. Um, but I think you know if you've got that confidence and reassurance that you know that that systems admin is competent, if, for lack of a better term, then I think that'd be a really good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, just, just certain things like being able to sort of have that autonomy around emails that get sent out and so on. So I think, yeah, I think there's a couple of things that we could look at working together on there. Yeah, so, well, maybe there's, I know there's some stuff coming up in um, Dev that answers some of those questions that I'll get in trouble for talking about, because <laughs> um, without deadlines and things, but there's maybe something we can take offline and pick up yeah. with the wider team about how we could do that and do that yeah. quickly for well, you. I, I am nitpicking there a little yeah. bit. So. No, 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 because it's the only way we learn and we're a growing organisation and we want to make sure, um, you know, we can have ideas about how we want to do things, but unless we consult with you guys, it's... Yeah, and that comes back to that community element yeah. as well and, you know, just engaging with with other customers and customers talking to customers and and so on. Um, but, yeah, I think you know, once, we've got the, uh, once we've got the events module live, I think it's... You know, it gives us that platform, as I say, to start thinking about how we want Radar to work for Circle Health Group in 2024. Yeah, onwards. it's exciting. So yeah, it's very, very exciting. I've got, yeah, I, I, I've got an idea of of where I would like to take it and be able to, you know, present that to our our board and, and you know, work work to that strategy. Um, and you know, we've got a really exciting digital transformation project going on at the moment that we can look to, you know. In, get involved in as well yeah you know, again coming back to that efficiency piece wherever we can get radar talking to our other systems so that just, you know someone's not having to jump from one system to the other i think again it just comes back to that efficiency piece and making it easier for our users so, yeah. yeah and there's a few things that we you know we can look at offline around the um API adapter at front yeah. end and at the reporting end and how we feed in and build that picture out. So yeah, that is exciting. Yeah, yeah, I'm, and I'm looking forward to it. I think there's probably two follow-ups for our listeners. One is we definitely, um, this is a note to self, need to put something out in LinkedIn in the next couple of weeks once you're live and look at what that um, yeah. <laughs> event and incident looks like. But we probably need to revisit this in 2024 to look at what that future plan is and what yeah. we're bringing to life next, if, if you'll come. If yeah, you'll that be sounds good. Yeah. Um, so... I'm going to kind of come to a conclusion saying thank you for your time, but I'm not allowed to let you go without asking the question of what's your health tech moment, the question we ask all listeners, um, and we have some all, all kinds of answers, but have you got one, Sam? Um, health tech moment. Um, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be to do with health tech. It can be, you know, the one thing that really resonates with you in your career. 
I, it's probably going to sound a bit of a cop out, I suppose, but it, it's really just. Are you going to say getting Raider healthcare? <laughs> I think it's 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 just seeing these things come to fruition and the work that everybody's put into it to see it, you know, to start to actually start to see it on the shop floor. I think that's the big thing for me, and that's not just from a radar perspective. That's different projects that we've done over the past as well. It's just seeing that constant evolution of of systems and how that can impact on you know your staff for the better. So it sounds like a bit of a cop out that, but yeah, I, ju- I just like to see those things, you know, having come to fruition after all the work that so many different functions have played in it, and you know, to actually then see it, it's um, yeah. I think that's pretty beautiful and I think the fact that you're so methodical and well thought in all of the ways that you approach things to then see that come to life is the whole point of it yeah yeah I think it it, yeah it's just nice to see it sort of bear fruit after a little while so um yeah, I think that's probably my my health tech moment like I say it feels like a bit of a cop-out but it's not um yeah it's good, and I think that's actually you know it's that improvement and that make it helping to make the difference from all elements. Yeah, and that, you know that's what it's about that you know quality improvement and con- con- continuous improvement. Yeah, you know, as one of our values at Circle is that you know better is never you know good is never enough, and that's what we need to you know strive towards that we can always do better in every area, from a governance system to everything else that we do. It's just about understanding that and being able to, you know, have the feel, have that empowerment to be able to make those changes. So, Simon, thank you for joining us this week. Thank you to everybody for listening and tune in next time for another brand new episode. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And if you have any questions for our guests, please send them to whatthealthtech at radarhealthcare.com. 